minimalists. <laughs> All right, it says we're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Minimalist Anything. We have your questions. You send in your questions on Patreon. I'm sorry, we can't get to all of your questions. Thank you for asking them. Only the popular ones. These are the popular <laughs> questions. Well, actually, you guys chose them, so... Yeah, it's it's your fault. It's your fault. All right, so Kevin says, I know you guys are both big fans of Dave Ramsey, as am I. However, I was curious to hear your thoughts on the financial independence movement, FI, or the early retirement extreme, ERE, or Mr. Money Mustache, MMM. <laughs> Well, okay. My first oh, thought is first off, they're missing an acron- acronym in here because there's the whole fire movement. Also, uh, uh, f- uh, financial independence, retire early. Yeah, so that is technically an acronym. You are correct. These other ones are initialisms. These aren't acronyms. No, these are initialisms. Well, they're acronyms for Kevin. <laughs> Maybe Kevin uses them in his household and with his friends. And no, but an acronym <laughs> is, is like well, I guess FI. If you pronounced it FI, that could be an acronym. Okay. Um, but anyway, here's the thing. I. <laughs> I, I think that minimalism has a whole lot of overlap with, um, let's just call it financial independence, right? Well, let's, I mean, just so they understand what financial independence means, what what does that mean? Well, let's, let's step back a little bit and let's talk about the overlap. So for me, the overlap, uh, let's not call it minimalism or let's not call it financial independence. Let's just call it intentionalism, being mm. intentional with the resources that we have, right? And so w- one thing that I looked at when I first stumbled into minimalism was, the areas of my life that were out of control. My health was one of those areas. I, I weighed too much. Um, I didn't have control of my time. I, I felt like my career was out of control. That it wasn't going the direction I wanted to go. My creativity, I felt like I didn't have control over that. But the biggest thing for me that really stood out was I felt like I didn't have control of my finances, right? And so I had massive amounts of debt. I was in the corporate world. I grew up poor, didn't have control of finances. Made really good money in my, money in my 20s, didn't have control of my finances. And so what I realized is like, oh, when we were poor, we were discontented because we didn't have control of our resources. And now I'm just doing the same thing, but with more resources. And I, I was spending more than I made when I was poor. I was spending more than I made when, when I was relatively wealthy. And so for me, regaining control of my financial life was was something that was important for me. Now, there are basically two sides to that equation, right? The first side is I can spend less money. You can control what is enough for you and your household. And thinking about the uh, things in the terms of is do I have enough? And for most of the western world, the the answer is yes. Now, what 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 are we seeing? It's um 123,000 people a year are are being removed out of poverty. Uh, I'm sorry, 123,000 people a day are being removed out of poverty for the last the 20 world. years in the world. Yeah, <clears throat> but it, it's funny because I, I just want to push back a little bit, and because the United States, it's going up, right? The poverty level is going. <clears throat> well, it depends on what you mean by poverty, right? Mm. So if we're if we're uh, so the United United Nations has a particular number for abject poverty. Okay. And every every day we have 123,000. I believe that number is right. It could be 127,000 people who are removed from abject poverty. That is a that I is see. an especially good thing. Yes. We have fewer f- fewer and fewer people who are in poverty. Now that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're thriving just because you've gotten out of poverty. I, I'm willing to bet the the standard for poverty from the UN is probably a much lower number than what poverty is in the United States. Yes, and so that's that's good news. That, that means that even growing up poor in the United States, as you and I both did, 
uh, relative to other people in the world, we we had opportunities mm. to to move outside of, of that poverty. And right. so I think I think the good news, if there's any good news here, um, if you are living in the Western or even in the developing world, if you're watching this, basically, if you're one of the four billion people who has access to internet then then all of a sudden you, you have uh, these infinite opportunities to continue to to scale up now what the question here is like what do you think about these these movements i mean uh, really really what we're what we're talking about here is um people are moving away from something toward something else mm. for me it was a life that lacked uh purpose meaning uh, a sense of of um, improvement. Like I, I wasn't improving myself. I wasn't improving my life. I was clinging to a status quo. In fact, I was clinging to a template that didn't make me feel any richer in a in a in a meaningful way. Right. Like even if my my paychecks reflected a, a pay raise, I didn't feel like I was getting this sort of existential rays out of life and so I, I think what we're talking about with any of these movements the question I often have to ask is like is this meaningful right and I think I think uh, I'm not familiar with all of them I'm not familiar with early retirement extreme but uh, my guess is that retirement in this context doesn't mean I'm going to stop working and just spend the rest of my days on a golf course right and no, what, what what retirement in this context means is what Ryan and I did when we turned 30, right? We became entrepreneurs. We we untethered ourselves from the corporate world and, and the, the nine to five sort of thing, but started pursuing something that was more meaningful for us. You know, I, <clears throat> when I think of that term financial independence, I feel financially independent now. And it's not because Josh and I have millions of dollars saved up. It's because I have zero debt. So uh, if, you know, if the rug was swept out from underneath of us, I'm, I'm sure uh, you guys have heard me talk about this before, but, you know, it, it, the books that we sell, if they spontaneously combusted, if no one wanted one more mentoring session from, from me or any, anybody else on my mentoring team, if Josh's writing class, if no one wanted to sign up for that, I mean, if, if everything got swept out from underneath of us, um, I would have to move apartments because I live in Los Angeles, one of the most expensive places to live, but, but... But I could move mm. and I could live off a of barista salary very, very easily. So for me, that's what financial independence is. It means that that I don't owe anyone anything. Um, you know, I, I would be able to uh, very quickly turn my life around on a dime, literally on a dime. And, and, and I think that is, for me, that's what financial independence is. Is there a, a, like a definition that people usually accept? Or what well, do you think of financial independence? I, when I hear that term, I, I think of financial freedom. And I think of exactly what you're talking about, the willingness to be able to walk away from anything at any time. And that means not being tethered to a particular lifestyle. And, mm. and that could be just because I'm, it's no longer serving me. And it could be, it, could, it might not be that like, well, all of a sudden I've lost my job or lost an income, but it could mean just like uh, when we moved from Missoula, it was no longer serving me. It served a great purpose for a particular period of time, but it was for that season of my life. Mm. And for me being free and, and being financially free is a large part of that. Being, being able to walk away from that, graduating from a situation mm. before having to uh, divorce uh, yeah. that, that situation. So, whether, so I, what I hear you saying is that whether it's whether you divorce the situation or whether, and, and what I mean by that is you're forced out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I probably divorced 
uh, our old our old corporate job, yeah. um, and you graduated. Yeah. <laughs> but but well, to that to that respect, though, both of us, I think, were still financially independent at that point. Yeah. 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 And, and, and sometimes it's appropriate. You've gone past the graduation phase and it's appropriate to divorce from something. Mm -hmm. Um, ideally you want to get to it, to that before it happens. You you don't need the inciting incident Mm. to realize that, Oh, wait a minute. Like, uh, the two sides of the equation I was talking about earlier. One is I can spend less money, or two, I can I can make more money. You know, we were talking about budgeting on the podcast today, and someone was figuring out, trying to figure out how to kind of make fifty bucks more uh, a month to buy organic food as opposed to conventional food. And the answer is, well, you can take that money from somewhere else in your budget, or you can find a way to make fifty more dollars a month. I mean, might mean going to drive for Lyft one night a week and and making that additional income so you can treat your body in a, a respectful, healthful way. Our next question is from what we got here, Slava. How to handle the smartphone addiction? I automatically try to fulfill every free moment with effectiveness, solving endless tasks, reading or playing. I do not understand the meaning of being in the moment, but uh, I do understand the mo- the meaning of being in the moment, but just can't afford myself doing nothing while driving, riding a bus, or waiting in line. Thanks from Russia. Well, thank <sighs> thank you from Russia. Thank you for your support. Um, this resonates with me a lot. Yeah, me too, man. Because I feel that twitch. Mm. Yeah, and so so here's the thing: you say you can't afford to not do those other things. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you on that and say maybe you can't afford not to take a break right mm-hmm. there are a lot of studies now that show the most effective work day is 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 concentrated work creative works especially for three to five hours less than five hours and for me i found even with writing um i used to i used to believe in writing three hours a day every day and i think that's a important thing to that really shaped my my overall writing but now two hours quite often is enough for me right uh, I, I started to get into that sweet spot and leave leave mid-sentence sometimes so I can come back the next day prepared to, to and eager to write again to, to finish that next thing. I've already got the, the sort of kindling to, to start my, my writing process for the next day. Uh, here, I'll give you some practical tips that have worked for me. I don't know whether or not they will work for you, Slava. Uh, first off, I have removed everything that is titillating on my phone. Our friend Matt Diavella has a great video about this. If you go to his YouTube channel, it's just uh, youtube.com slash Matthew Diavella Bella. Um, he has a video about how he uses his smartphone. One of the things that he does, so if, I'll, I'll show you real quick on the, the live feed here. But you can see I have nothing on my home screen except our beautiful love people use things wallpaper, which you can find over, I think, at theminimalists.com slash wallpaper. And then here at the bottom, I have it organized into three different folders here. I, and And one of them is just my normal stuff that I use every day, text messages, calendar. I have some Apple stuff here, like photos. And then here I have the sometimes folder. Now, the things I've removed from my phone. Dude, that's genius. (laughs) uh, That is so good. Well, because I've got, so my home screen is, it's the same, well, it's not the same as Josh's, but. uh, It's our other other wallpaper. Our other wallpaper, uh, nothing on there because. Like if I look at that screen and see notifications, it stresses me out. I have all these notifications turned off. And then I've got these four folders. And then I've got the Kindle app. And the Kindle app, that's my titillating thing that I have. That's the thing that I, I try to reach for when uh, when I'm trying to look at my phone. Doesn't always doesn't always work because I've got the little Chrome button down there and I can go to like news sites. But 
Uh, I will say that uh, uh, I, I do have some wins with this Kindle app, but my, my point is, is I had no idea I could replace all the, I could just bring these four folders down folders, here. Folders, yeah. It's genius. So, and then the other thing I learned from Matt's video, so go check that out. And uh, when, we put, when we put this up as an audio podcast, we'll put a link to it. When you swipe right here, what shows up for you? When I swipe right? Yeah. It is that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I deleted all that except the, these these three things here. I had no idea. I, had I an have option. I, I have my uh, calendar. I have the weather in Los Angeles. <laughs> I have weather too that apparently isn't isn't reading right now. It's seventy and sunny in Los Angeles. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. And I have my battery. But but that is it. Um, and you can even delete those. Like Matt has all of those deleted. Uh, I found those three to be useful for me. But it used to I have the news app on here, which I deleted. I deleted all my social media, uh, including Instagram from my phone. Now, if I want to post something on Instagram, here's what I do. I take a photo of it, and then I wait till I'm on Wi-Fi, and I download the Instagram app, and then I post the photo, and then I delete the Instagram app. Now, here's what I'll say. Sometimes I'll take that photo, and I'm like, I really don't feel like downloading the Instagram app. I guess I won't post it. Guess what? The world keeps on turning. And what I've learned is that those moments of pause, the moments of, oh, I don't have anything to, like, I found myself reaching for it today. I was at Chipotle and I reached down. I'm like, oh, there's nothing exciting on here. I don't have any new text messages. I've turned off all my notifications. My phone is on silent, so I don't get any beeps or blips or bells or whistles. and in doing that, I, that that moment of calm, those additional moments of calm, it gives me fodder for my creativity. Now, for me, that, that creativity is writing. For you, it might be something different. Um, but it helps me communicate more effectively because I have those moments of, of mindfulness, of, of non-interruption. I've, I've reclaimed at least some of that time. Slava, the phone and everything on your phone, it wants your attention. And what what you said what you said in your question is is I like to I like to uh, fulfill every free moment with effectiveness. Playing is not effectiveness. So m- maybe relook at what what you look at as being effective, or maybe it's efficient. Uh, which efficiency isn't always good a good thing either. But really really question why you're using those apps. Um, I'm trying to see what else he said here. Uh, solving endless tasks, Slava. If you have endless tasks. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, and by the <laughs> way, by definition, you can't solve them, right? right. You, you you can't solve an endless stream of, of tasks. It's like reaching the end of the the internet or the end of the universe. Right. Yeah. There is no edge of the universe, right? It, it, if it's infinite, if these tasks are endless, what what I'm hearing here is I'm really busy, and I like to make sure I keep myself busy. And what that tells me when I when I realize that I'm busy, it tells me my life is out of control. And when my life is out of control, then I need to find ways to take back some control. And, and uh, removing email, removing social media from my phone has allowed me to do that. I still use the phone to listen to podcasts. I still use it to GPS, to make phone calls, but I, I no longer let the phone use me. I know when I get busy, I got to say no more. Yeah. I, I have to find ways to say no more to, to people, to to effective tasks, whatever it is. And Slava, I would challenge you to say no more to your phone. I uh, love that. So, so, so you just said, um, I have to find ways to say no more, but like if you were to rephrase that, Slava, from here on out, just say no more. <laughs> like no more of the busyness, right? <laughs> Jennifer says, "How do I handle conflicting slash competing values? For example, minimalism and environmentalism. 
Well, first off, those aren't competing values. Those things go hand in hand. If you consume less, you produce less waste. Now, she's saying organized hoarding of useful things just for when just for when items to save them from the dump and save money for future projects i have more than i can use and i'm having problems finding people who find value in items to save them from the dump so let's talk about this Mm. so so, so minimalism goes hand in hand you've already purchased these things what what is what is a dump it is a graveyard for your stuff, right? Now, ideally what you want to do if you're trying to get rid of stuff is you want to repurpose it, donate it, recycle it, find someone else who can hold on to it. But there's inevitably going to be some things that some people just aren't going to want, right? And so instead of sending it to the graveyard, you've turned your house into a mausoleum of stuff. And a mausoleum is still a place where dead people are, right? A graveyard is where the dead people are. Let's move the dead things over to the place where the dead things go. Now, we're gonna try to repurpose them, but give yourself a timeline, give yourself an out. I would recommend 90 days. If you really wanna get aggressive, I would say 30 days. If you haven't been able to find a place to get rid of it, sell it on eBay or donate it on Craigslist or, or, or donate it to a local thrift shop, then yes, the, the few remaining things uh, you got to let sorry. him go, right? Yeah. I didn't mean to hold it up in my face there. Um, <clears throat> I want to give you permission to let go of your stuff. Uh, the the items, Jennifer, that you're holding on to, it's it's probably okay that you throw them out. And here's what I mean, is that if, if, I, was to, if I were to go home and I had, let's say, a room this big, which it, what, what's the size of this room? Like, 200 square feet. 200 square foot room full of stuff. And 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 I and I threw that stuff out, and that's the only stuff I threw out. So I, I have reconciled all my consumption habits. I've realized I've got 200 square feet of stuff that no one can take. I can't donate it anywhere, and there's only one place for it. It is the trash. Um, that is going to be less, uh, less of an impact on the environment than what we use with plastic, uh, than what we use with oil. There are so many other wastes out there that affect the environment i assure you jennifer the stuff that you're you're thinking about throwing out a you probably could could drop them off at a donation center and let them find people who are going to make good use and find value in those items uh or maybe you do have to throw them out that's okay it's it's not the end of the world as long as you continue these good habits that you set up and you don't end up with another 200 uh, uh, square foot room full of, of, of junk. Does yeah. that does that make sense? Yeah, it's so much, You're right. It's so much more important going forward that you've changed the habits. And really what we're talking about, and I don't know if you have, have any kids, Jennifer, but really it's about instilling these values in future generations as well and in helping other people. Not, not through shaming other people or proselytizing, but by, by showing other people through your daily actions, your small actions each day, how they can live more responsibly and produce less waste as a result. You're going to get far more results by doing that than worrying about, you know, having a little bit of stuff that you have to take to the dump because, well, it's already it's already trash right now. It's just trash sitting in your house, right? Now, she did talk about just for when items. So, so if you we, we'd like to delineate between just in case and just for when items. It's just in, just in case item, we're just making an excuse like I'm never actually going to use that. You're calling some of these things just for when items? Okay, when? When are you going to use it? 
Because if you're calling them just for when, then you know exactly when you're going to use it. If not, it's a just-in-case item. And if it's a just-in-case item, give yourself some uh, permission to let it go. Deb says, how do you stay committed to a healthy lifestyle with the stressors of travel? Um, well, she said, no, i.e. no access to being able to cook, to your, cook for yourself, uh, early mornings, disruption to routine, etc. Um, well, we did just travel a lot this year. Mm-hmm. 50 cities, 104 flights over the course of the last 12 months. Uh, and woo, it is, it is quite the stressor, right? But I think part of it, uh, instead of routines, because routines fall by the wayside, routines are shoulds in our life. Like, I'm going to do that that routine. And routines are great. I'm back here in Los Angeles. We've reestablished a really solid routine. But what's more important than the routine are the habits. Mm. What are our daily habits? What are the musts in our life that we must do each day that I'm, that I'm going to make time for no matter what? What are my own personal emergencies? And what I mean by that is, like, what are the things that are my true priorities in life. For me, it's it's exercise and it's creativity. And then from there, everything else follows, right? And so I want to make sure that uh, when we're on the road, like if there's a hotel gym or maybe we were just back in Dayton and it was raining outside. It was like, you know, 39 degrees. So I couldn't walk outside, but I, I walk every day. And, and so I walk a lot. We were in like the Hampton Inn, or wherever we were, it's five floors. And so I just walked down the hallway, up the next flight of stairs, walked down the hallway until I got my five miles in and got a bunch of flights of stairs in in the meantime. And I'll I'll do the stairs. But why do I do that? Mm. Because it's a must for me. It's not like, ah, well, it's not part of my routine right now. And the healthy food, uh, two words for you, um, Whole Foods. I I can go to a 7-Eleven and find okay food to eat <laughs> i mean what, what i mean by that is uh i can find some nuts i can find some beef jerky they usually have a uh, decent fruit um I, there's always i'm not saying it's the best quality food but what i'm saying is that on when i'm traveling on a pinch i can absolutely find some substitutes and that's really what i'm trying to encourage you to do here is, is find substitutes for me it's not you know walking up and down flights of stairs it's it's doing squats and push-ups in my hotel room uh, it is, it, it is, uh, you know, going out of my way to find a gym that's close to me that, uh, I can go to and, and, and Mariah has been traveling with me that, that Mariah and I can go to and, and find a, a gym that we can go and, and get a quick workout in and, and maybe it costs five or 10 bucks a piece. But at the end of the day, like that's not a, that's not a, that's not a big price to pay for, for our health. So, uh, is it sustainable, always constantly on the move, not having a routine, not knowing where your next healthy meal is going to come from, not knowing whether you're going to be in a rainy city or or, or whether you're going to be in a hotel that you can do laps in? Mm. Um, there, there are always, that's probably not sustainable, but there are always going to be some substitutes that you can fill in uh, uh, while, you're, while you're traveling. I will say that, yeah, hands down, dude, my routine gets, it's just like thrown by the wayside when we're traveling. Right. But... As soon as Mariah and I came back, mm-hmm. we it's first thing we did the next day. We, so we flew in on a on a Sunday, and on Monday we were at the gym, and then on Tuesday we were at the gym, and then on Wednesday we were at the gym, and then on Thursday we were at the gym. I mean, we we got right back into the routine because right. both of us knew that if we took breaks, mm. that if we allowed other things to interfere with our routine. Uh, that we would we would very quickly be, uh, probably stay in that mode of oh well we'll get back into our routine next week so yeah. it's it's finding some substitutes that that can get you by but then when you get home you got to get right back into that routine and and uh, always have an accountability partner will always help you 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, so find what your habits are. What are your true priorities? And make those a must no matter what. Jennifer says, how can someone 50 plus make the leap from a job that makes him miserable, but lots of money, to work with, uh, to, to find work with meaning and probably a big wage cut when he has so much financial responsibility to his family? Here, here's the thing. What you're talking about is I don't get a whole lot of meaning in what I'm doing right now, but I do get a whole lot of money. And the problem that I see in your situation, because I was in the same situation when I was approaching age 30. Now, granted, you're, you're in a, a different stage of your life, but you have the, you have the same symptoms here. And, and what I mean by symptoms is you are comfortable. You are living a life of comfort, right? And that is a dangerous place when a life of comfort isn't, th- does not have the meaning. I think it was Jim Rohn who said... Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And now think about that for a second, because if you go too far beyond the comfort zone, if I were to say, all right, walk into your boss's office today and say, screw you, I quit, and then all of a sudden you don't have any money. Don't do that. Yeah, that, that's too far outside the comfort zone. So the question is, like, what are the steps I'm going to take toward the more ideal life? Like, Who's the person I want to be now that you're 50? Who's the person you want to be when you're 55? And then what steps are you going to take to, to walk toward that horizon? But once you get to that horizon, once you're 55, then the question still applies for the next horizon when you're 56 and 57. And so what are the steps appropriate for taking? And you'll notice that taking some pivots, sometimes they're some pretty large pivots, 15, 20 degrees in, in a different direction. It's not doing a full 180 and walking out of the out of, out of the uh, the building tomorrow, but it's making some significant adjustments that a year from now, you're going to be in a totally different space because you've made that pivot. Yeah, I think the only thing I'd add to that, Josh, is Jennifer, get your family on board. Uh, talk to them about what you want to do. I mean, if it's, I don't know if you're talking about yourself or, or someone else, but you know, whoever is out there who's fifty plus and they make a ton of money, and that 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 large sum of money is providing for a family. Well, it sounds like that family is really important to them. So that's the first group of people I would go to and talk about what you're looking to do, and then from there you can talk about what what sacrifices or or or, or what things uh, that you might have to to adjust in the in the household to maybe get a job that that pays a little bit less, uh, but, but gives you a lot more meaning. You know, it's funny earlier you said about, uh, when you get, when you got a promotion, it was, uh, I forget, I forget exactly how you worded it, but what it made me think of was when you get a promotion at your corporate job, yeah. it's almost like you get a demotion in life. Mm. And if you are real high up in your corporate, in your corporate life, but you're real far down, on, on, on the life scale, as far as your, your time and attention that you have to give, uh, the, the stress levels that you have, the, the health, uh, your health, if it's affecting your health in a negative way, um, I, I think you might probably be able to get your family on board to help you change that situation, especially if you can help them help them see that. Um, yeah, that's that corporate ladder is a dangerous thing, and, and the big salaries are, are a dangerous thing because it gets us to that that content point. And I'll tell you, contentment is the place that you will grow 
it's the place that you will learn the least from. Mm. Yes, yes, indeed. So a few resources for you. Check out TK Coleman. Um, he's on Twitter at TK underscore Coleman. Uh, you can also check out his website, TKColeman.com. He'll be on our podcast on episode 131. It's going to be called School, but we're going to talk about careers as well. Um, and and uh, I, also his podcast, Office Hours. I think you'll find a lot of wisdom in that. And uh, we're over on time, but I got one last question here that Nikki asked. She said, is, quote, the minimalist the term you would use, you would choose for yourself if you were starting this again? I came to you via the decluttering route, and you are so much more than that. Uh, and then it goes on and on and on. So I, I'll, just, uh, I'll just say this. Minimalism is simply the Trojan horse that allows us to talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about, right? <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it essentialism. You can call it appropriatism. You can call it uh, uh, epicureanism. You can c- call it stoicism. Uh, you can call it simple living. I don't care what you call it. For, for us, uh, minimalism was a way for us to communicate. It was the, the radical word that, that opened up the door for people to say, oh, I'm not happy with the status quo. I need some sort of change. And for many people, that starts with the stuff, but then it bleeds out into all these other areas of life. In the minimalists.com, it was available for seven bucks on GoDaddy. <laughs> it was, I think it was DreamHost at the time. Whatever it was. Well, you know what's funny, man, is like when you first came to me with the the name The Minimalists, uh-huh. I was I was so against it. And, and I was only so against it because it was I was like, dude, you know, first off, how can we claim to be the minimalists? Like what who gave us the certificate to say we're the minimalists? And then also it just kind of came across as a little bit cheesy. And then Josh was he heard me out and he's like, Great. Uh what ideas do you have? And I did not have anything better. So we use the minimalists as as a placeholder. And uh, it still is, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Joe Budden has a podcast called, uh, for the first, I think, 120 episodes, it was called, I'll Name This Podcast Later. That's awesome. It's now called the Joe Budden Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, should have, he should have left it. It was so good. That is so good. I'll Name This Podcast Later. I, lo- I love the name now because it is... It's subversive, so it makes people ask questions, um, but but it's also uh, uh, practical in a lot of ways for people. So for me, it's like the most perfect word, and it's also the worst word, but but that makes it really, really, it worked really, really well for Josh and I. So minimalism, yeah, you can you can call it simplicity, you can call it deliberatism, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, uh, Josh and I use that term because we are the minimalists, and we kind of own it now. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good place to end it, y'all. Thank you for your support. Patreon supporters, really appreciate it. If y'all leave here with one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for being here, y'all. We'll see you next time. The Minimalists. <laughs>